From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and Skywarn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. All right, hey, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. As always, if you are a first-time listener, hey, thanks for stopping by. Be sure to go to stormfrontfreaks.com and access our library of previous shows. Uh, We've got other famous guests from the weather industry like Mark Suddeth, uh, Ginger Z as well. But tonight, this is episode 64 and I'll tell you what, we're, who knows what we're going to be chatting about, but we could be chatting about storm chase streams, hurricanes, climate change. Uh, but we've got former TV meteorologist, Zoom radar creator, and uh, climate contributor, Jeff Baradelli is with us tonight. I don't know yeah. what else we're going to add to Wow, his, listen, uh, listen to that round of applause. It, it, it almost sounds real. <laughs> it is. is. We've we got is. our studio audience, as always. And I'll tell you what, yeah. Jeff's gonna, Jeff is going to be playing our lightning round game show and we also brought back our Weather Trollbot 5000 to the show oh. tonight as well. So we're looking uh, yeah. forward to having her back. But Boop. before we, before we, it's, that's about right. Uh, but before we get to all that, uh, it is happy hour uh, when we uh, record. And one of the best ways to introduce our co-host to you is to find out what they're drinking at the bar. So we invite you to drink with us. But uh, Brady, Brady, welcome back. What's, What's up, uh, what, guys? What are hey, you Brady. drinking tonight? You know what? I just found out that I've got a little bit of a high blood pressure, so I'm drinking water. I'm drinking water because I'm going to go on a diet and, you know what, get that, <laughs> get that BP down, you know? That burger right. was good for that. You know, it is. Red meat's fantastic. Yeah, just some <laughs> all right, well, very good. All right, hey, Matt, Maz, I'm jumping to you. What What are you drinking? All right, right, sir? I got Stella. You got Stella. Stella. There you oh, go. that's you, a good one. Still... Belgian is good. Are, are, you sl- are you just like nippling that six pack you've had for the last month and a half or no i would remember i was getting it i was tecate last week tecate that's true. That's true. like karate that's right <laughs> and then uh and then we got uh dina's here tonight and dina i'm not i'm not gonna ask you what you're drinking instead <laughs> i'm gonna ask you what you're taking because you're coming out of, out of a car accident yesterday uh lots of painkillers and a lot of anti-inflammatories wow perfect so I'm not mixing. I'm just, this, you know. This this could this really could be an interesting show tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and to kick it off, I'm going to have you, who, who, who better than introduce our guest, Dina, than you. Go ahead and give him a, a good introduction. All right. Tonight we welcome Jeff Baradelli. He is a climate change and ex- extreme weather contributor to CBSN New York, where he is also studying for his master's degree at Columbia University. Former lead meteorologist at CBS 12 in West Palm Beach. Jeff is also the creator of Zoom Radar, a storm chaser map and weather radar for websites, including stormfrontfreaks.com. So, Jeff, I mean, what gave you the idea for Zoom Radar? Can you explain to our listeners what that is? Well, yeah, Zoom Radar has been around a long time now. It started back in like 2007. Uh, Basically, it was before there was any interactive radar. So before you had your phone, you can zoom into the map. I was working at WFOR, which is a CBS station in Miami, and I said to my news director, you know, 
in our weather center, I'm able to zoom in and show where the rain is, you know, because in Florida, it rains on one side of the street, but it doesn't rain on the other side mm -hmm. of the street. And so we really need to get uh, zoomable Doppler radar on our website. Um, so I, I said I was going to go try to find it for her, but then I made a promise. I said, if I, I said, if I can't find it, I will figure out a way to make it. And well, mm -hmm. that led down a road of investing tens of thousands of dollars and hiring developers all over the world to build this technology. So we were the first interactive radar on the internet about 12 years ago or 11 years ago or something like that. And uh, we still operate, you know, uh, we, we still have certain businesses, TV station websites, radio station websites that use us. And we also have partnered with um, Severe Studios and uh, Severe Streaming. So we have, you know, dozens of storm chasers on our map and we do live streaming. Uh, and so it's really become, you know, it's really kind of uh, snowballed, if you will. No weather pun intended uh, from the <laughs> beginning. Um, and it is, it's still there. So zoomradar.com if you want to check it out. It, what, it what really was, is cool. Yeah. And, what was the it, idea oh, behind the storm chasing? You know, um, it's such a long story, but do you guys remember a guy named Andy Gabrielson? He was um, a famous storm chaser in, um, in the Plain States. And uh, he passed away, unfortunately, on the way back from a chase. But um, he found Zoom Radar. He loved it. And he introduced me and Corey Hartman. Mm -hmm. um, and we, Corey Hartman and I established kind of an informal um, uh, partnership about probably eight, nine years ago. And that led to us kind of merging to some degree. We're not the same company, but we share uh, the streaming platform, which is Severe Streaming. So um, we both own that. We co-own that. Um, and, you know, that it kind of led to me being in not only the interactive radar business, but also the severe streaming business, which was, I mean, this is, I'm, you know, I, I don't have a background in technology at all, but then all of a sudden I found, I found myself immersed in technology. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's how, that's how it happened. Is there a limit to how many streams you get? Cause when you look at the map, like during storms, you're like, there's a lot of people out yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Well, so Luckily, um, you know, there's technology to help with. I mean, it, it was difficult years ago. It's become a little easier because there's something called peer-to-peer -peer streaming, which kind of helps buffer the streams, if you will. And um, so, you know, there's some technology advantages uh, nowadays that make it a little bit easier. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, look, it's not easy on our servers when there are 20, 30, 40. At one point, we had 40-something on one day at one mm -hmm in one hour when the tornadoes were really going in Kansas two years ago. I don't know if you remember that day. Um, we had, uh, we had probably 40 something or 50 chasers live at one moment and probably 15,000, 20,000 people watching at one moment. And yeah, wow. I mean, you could smell the smoke coming off of our server. <laughs> yeah. um, now, now, Jeff, have you ever been a dot on that map? Have you ever like, you know what? I'm going to stream on my own service. Nope. I don't, oh. no, 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 I don't, I don't do that. No, no, no. Corey Hartman is, is, is the representative uh, from, from our companies who does that. And we have tons of great chasers across the country. It really is. It really is a lot of fun. And, um, you know, they do some great work, uh, warning the public, letting them know long before a tornado gets to their town that it's on the way. So you have to applaud those storm chasers who literally put their life on the line, uh, for science. So when yeah. you zoom, are we talking, you can zoom in and see the brand of cigarette the Russian soldier <laughs> is uh, smoking or what are we talking? Well, you mean in terms of zoom radar? No, you just, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's an interactive map. It allows you to zoom down to about, you know, your, I would, I mean, it's basically street level zooming. Um, 
Yeah, you know, look, it's something that I started years ago. I never meant for it to be a business. I just thought it was a great idea, and I just wanted to create a technology where everyone can zoom in. Now, of course, today it seems like a, you know, a, duh. Of course, everyone mm-hmm. zooms in on the radar. But 12 years ago, it wasn't technically possible until my developers literally spent a year or two just kind of trying different technologies. It was based on Flash, you know, when it, wow. when we first started because there was no other way to really do it. So, um, yeah, it, it, it seems like uh, old technology today to some degree, but it wasn't old technology 11, 12 years ago when we, when we created it. It was not easy. <laughs> it so was painstaking. It was very hard. Who's your main clientele for that and, and whatever other Zoom radar products you've got? Yeah, so, I mean, there's no main clientele. I mean, you have it on your website, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but um, Gatehouse uh, Newspapers uses us. Um, iHeart Radio, some some of those TV uh, radio stations have us. We're on various TV stations like Kark, K-A-R-K, and in Arkansas has us. Um, we have a, a, a W. We have a couple of TV stations up and down the Plain States. You know, I find that that most of the TV stations that really use the Zoom radar technology are ones that are interested in storm chasing. That's that's the main. We have a bunch of TV stations in Missouri, um, so places that you would expect to that they would use our technology, use it. Are, are they able to use those streams on their live coverage or, or what's the uh, agreement there? They can use it on the web, but not on television because okay. um, severe streaming, uh, the live part uh, actually has uh, at least, uh, you know, while it's live, it's exclusive to the Weather Channel. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. That's cool. They own everything now, don't they? So, so you, yes, are a former, do. <laughs> you are a former meteorologist, um, uh, TV down in Florida, correct? Yeah. Uh huh. So and I, I'm still I'm still a TV I'm still a TV meteorologist. Yeah. I I just don't. It's just not my full time job anymore. Yeah, but but you're yeah. you're ruining my segue here. Sorry. Which is to talk a little bit about uh, recent events. Now we we typically we don't cover a whole lot of recent weather events, uh, which kind of makes our shows typically a little more timeless that way. But uh, it's hard to avoid the fact of, of Michael, uh, yeah. Hurricane Michael coming through mm-hmm. and, and hitting the panhandle of Florida. Now, you weren't obviously uh, up in that area, but certainly being from Florida, my, my first question is really what's your, what's your takeaway from what happened in Michael and all of that first? Well, uh, I was actually on the air during it, working for CBS News in New York here. Um, and uh, I will just tell you what I told people before the storm hit, because I, you know, it's it's hard to rise above the noise in media. I mean, there's everything's the next big, you know, second coming, if you will, in the media. So you really need to kind of to to, to give people an idea of what they're about to experience. And I said, and I just said point blank, you have never experienced a storm like this in your life. Because the only chance that they've experienced a storm like that is if they were alive during Camille uh, or if they were alive during Hurricane Andrew, basically. Because other than that, this was basically the most potent windstorm, uh, not necessarily storm surge, because obviously Katrina had more storm surge. But this was up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted people to know that, you know, this this was going to be like nothing they ever experienced before. So what did I think of it? Well, look, you know, um, to have a hurricane of that magnitude this late in the season does kind of raise eyebrows. You heard some people from the National Hurricane Center saying, you know, just how much of this is climate change and just how much of it is natural. And, you know, there's there's truth to both of those things. I mean, obviously, uh, the Gulf was still warm. It moved right over the loop current. So in that way, it was likely to 
be destined to be a strong storm no matter what time of year it was, as long as there wasn't strong wind shear and there was not. But at the same standpoint, why were water temperatures four or five degrees above normal in the very northern part of the Gulf of Mexico? How much of that was due to a warmer climate? I mean, we know the Atlantic water temperatures in the tropics have warmed about one to two degrees Fahrenheit, uh, you know, in about the past um, 40 years or so. So we know at least in the background, there's there's generally speaking, there's just warmer air, warmer water sitting around. So um, likely, you know, it was natural. And then there was a dose of climate change on top of it and just what mm-hmm. what was that dose that would allow a you know a category four almost category five hurricane to hit the panhandle of florida this late in the season there's something unnatural going on here and we're mm-hmm. just trying to figure out what's natural and what's not natural right now yeah good good segue to climatology yeah, by the way yeah that is a good segue i'm always curious too how long like what's the usual like lead time for any papers to come out or, or what's kind of the industry standard for an event to be linked to climate change because yeah. yeah so yeah it, that's a great question you know we do these uh, attribution studies and i say we now because um uh, probably i should say that and i don't know if i'm ruining anybody's segue here but <laughs> the reason why and you tell me if i you know if, if i am I, I i moved to new york i left my full-time job uh to go back and get my degree in climate change and it's 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 part. It's not really a science degree in climate change. It's actually a sociology degree in climate change. You know why? You know why do certain people believe climate change is real? Why do certain people not? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the what are what's the psychological and societal sociology components to it? Um, how do you communicate climate change? How do you? Because it's such a. I want to read this when you're done. Yeah. Just to tell you. But, Climate change is such a huge thing because it, it affects so many things, not just a weather impact, right? It's sea level rise, it's infrastructure, it's national security, um, you know, it's it's energy, it's sustainable energy and our fu- the future energy. There's so much to it. So I, I may have gone off course a little bit. I just wanted to let everyone know what I'm doing and why I'm in New York right now. I just basically, I, I knew that I needed to make a huge sacrifice in my life by literally leaving my job and going to get a degree and spending tons of money, I didn't have to go and, and, and get the degree. But if I, you know, I want, I want people to know that I'm walking the walk um, rather than, you know, just asking people to, to believe in climate change and, and, and mm-hmm. make changes in their life. I'm, I'm not asking for any of that, but, but I'm doing it uh, because I think it's important if you're going to, you know, talk about this stuff that you do that. So what was the original question? Because I, <laughs> I, I just I think we all forget. I I oh no, it was just it was just kind of what's what's the usual time it takes for like a a paper or whatever to come out and prove that an event's oh, yeah. been linked to climate change. Well, um, so there's this thing called the worldwide attribution, which I'm sure they're probably. I hope that they're working on this right now. Um, I'm gonna actually. Uh, going to Climate Central in Princeton, New Jersey tomorrow, I'm going to ask them that question. I don't know the answer, but it could be a couple of weeks before we get kind of a, what we call rapid attribution study, but more likely it's going to be, it's going to be winter before we get those, those really big hefty studies. So we'll, we'll have it hopefully an idea by then, but just to give you an idea of of Harvey, most of the, the really good climate scientists ascribe at least a percentage of the rainfall to the fact that it slowed down and the fact that now the atmosphere is warmer so it can hold a certain percentage greater amount of rainfall. And Kevin Tremberth from um, NCAR uh, says it's probably somewhere between 15 and 20 percent of the rain that fell in Harvey is due to to climate change. It's hard to kind of find that in the noise, but yeah, how do you find like, how do you sparse that differently? That's Yeah. How, how long do you have? Because, you know, it's a, it's a, 
it's not it's beyond my you know pay grade uh, yeah. these are some really intelligent mathematicians and physical scientists and uh, it's hard but they've they've figured out ways i mean they've been studying this for 20 30 years now and they're figuring out ways to kind of basically what they do is a lot of them what they'll do is they'll take a computer model for michael for instance what they may do is they may say okay let's let's mimic the environment that caused michael let's let's do t let's have two different presentations of water temperatures in the gulf of mexico let's not change the wind shear in the atmosphere because there was no wind shear mm -hmm. on top of michael when it hit let's let's and this would be a simplified study but let's raise the water temperatures uh, let's keep the water temperatures where they were during michael which was you know in the very northern gulf was around 85 and south of that near the loop current is 82 ish <clears throat> and let's at the same time subtract the climate change signal from that so let's let's assume that water temperatures are one to two degrees Fahrenheit less, and let's let's then run those computer models and see what it simulates for Michael with today's current you know atmosphere and today's current uh, Gulf of Mexico, and then what it you know what it what it looks like um, when when there's no climate change in there you know basically two two different climate change uh, excuse me two different simulations they'll run a lot more than that I'm just really trying to simplify it um, that's kind of how it's done Does, did that make sense. Yeah, because yeah. when you said that about the temperatures, because we were talking about that on the Weather Channel, like the weather.com, like, you know, I looked at the water temperatures, you were in like the lower 80s. And as you got toward the coast, you were upper 80s. Right. So what if you and when it was down farther south, um, it was, you know, what was say it was a cat two or cat three, you know, would it have stayed that way if it had the same water temperature? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's it's a, a great question. It's, it's a great question. You have to imagine that at least some of that, some of that warmer water fed into it, getting to a cat four, almost cat mm -hmm. five status. Mm -hmm. But the question is how much of that is due to climate change? You know, you, uh, Mike Clay is a meteorologist at Bay News nine. He's, he's a mentor of mine. I worked with him 20 years ago when I was in Tampa. Um, he, you know, he contends and he's right. There was a big ridge of high pressure across the Southeast that was mm -hmm. there for a long time. And the warmest really October's warmed, on record, right? Yeah. yeah. It just warmed up stuff, you know, but, then I go back to the question of, well, we're, we seem to be seeing these bigger highs that are stuck. They're more persistent. Climate change computer models think that we're going to see a slowing down of, 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 the, of the overall flow uh, because of climate change. It's a long story. I don't want to get into it unless you guys are really interested mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. it. <laughs> um, and, and there might be more blocking because of climate change. So how much of that high is due to that slower flow? And so, you know, it gets really difficult, and that's why you need these really brainiac, you know, climate scientists to kind of look at it um, in hindsight and uh, and get an idea of how much of it's due to climate change. I wonder if Dr. Hobgood, because he's a hurricane numerical modeler, mm -hmm. he might even have a little insight on that, too. Yes. You, are you familiar with him at all? Uh, I'm not familiar with him personally. Um okay. But you, there, I know that there will be plenty of, of climate scientists that are yeah. wanting to figure out how much of a connection there is to anthropogenic climate change. Cool. Well, hey, everybody, we're, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a, a short break. Uh, go ahead and refill your drink, and we'll be right back with Jeff.
PublicityDesigns.com is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 5% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at HelicityDesigns.com. All right, so hey, we're back here with Jeff uh, Baradelli, and and I'll tell you what, Jeff, I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you, I, I made a funny comment at the end of last episode when we always introduce who our next guest is going to be, and I said, you know, we've gone sixty three episodes being able to avoid the topic of climate change. That's why you're still alive. Could uh, <laughs> be. This is it. This is our swan song show right now. Uh, for but but I, I we talked a little bit uh, yesterday about the fact that for, for whatever reason, climate change has become extremely political. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like weather yes. politics. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'll be honest with you personally, I hate getting into political discussions. It's yeah. nothing but just nitpicking. Ugliness. Yep, everybody hates everybody. And, and yeah. so I just, I avoid it. And in all honesty, I have avoided climate change. And partly because I, for the most part, I don't think it's overly sexy and it's very sciencey, and that's just kind of another yeah. reason why right. we haven't dug into it on this show. But I'm going to ask you this question because you were talking a little bit uh, about Hurricane Michael, and that was a little bit of your segue uh, into discussing uh, climate a little bit. I'm going to pick the other side and say this, you know, and, and say uh, just recently I've seen. Uh, comments about uh, lows, like record lows in the Midwest um, mm-hmm. and in the Plains where, where they're reaching record lows for this time of year, right? Yeah, it's true. And, yeah. And and that, of course, is what people go, well, wait a minute, how is there global yeah. warming if we're mm-hmm. having record right. lows? <laughs> you get um, one blizzard. And it's... Ro- yeah, what, what's with that? And, of course, the comeback is always... Well, but but you're you're talking about a specific event, and and that's right. you know that you you well, can't look at that specific event and then make yeah. a global decision on that. Right. Well, I'm going to come back and say, well, okay, so why why is it that during big storms like, for example, Hurricane Michael, uh, why does that seem to be a point to where a lot of the people that are pro global warming and climate change jump on that bandwagon and say? See this, and you just said it yourself, yeah. right? Oh, this is weird. This is an anomaly. This is right. different. Mm-hmm. W- w- wait a minute here. What we can't kind of pick and choose what we're going to use for our you, soapbox, can we? Listen, it's it's a great point you make, and um, that's why you know I was very careful to say we just we just don't know, you know, uh, how much of that, if any of that, was 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 due to climate change. We think probably some of it, but no, you you bring up a good point. I mean, that's why I think it's so important that um, climate scientists focus. On you know what is essentially uh, the larger scale in terms of and and also the longer scale, right? It's not these one day or one week events that really prove or disprove climate change. It's more what's happening over the longer term and the averages. Um, so you know, in answer to your question, yes, you're, we're still you know we're still going to see cold snaps. We're still going to have record lows, but and I haven't checked the latest stats for this year, but uh, you know. Generally speaking, over the past few years, uh, record highs have been outnumbering record lows by two to one. And I believe it's much higher than that, or at least it was much higher than that just about a month ago. I don't know where it is today. Obviously, it's a little bit lower than that. But when you average it over the year, 
it's something like two point something uh, to one. So for every two point something record highs, you have one record low. Uh, but you're right. I mean, look, um, you can't uh, say, hey, hey, look at, you know, Hurricane Michael, it's climate change. And then ignore the fact that, you know, you might be seeing record low temperatures and a cold snap that lasts a week or so uh, in the Ohio Valley. So there's some of that. But I would also play devil's advocate and say, you know, look, what's happening in the Arctic is really strange. And it, and if you look at the pattern over the next week, week and a half, two weeks in the Arctic, you'll see that there's just nothing but unbelievably warm air up there. And it's displacing all the cold air south. So there is a connection between this rapid warming of the Arctic, which, by the way, is happening at two to three times the rest of the globe. And that warming the Arctic, displacing cold air and pushing it south into the United States. We saw it last year during the winter. And of course, people get upset about stuff like that because, you know, they say, oh, you, you attribute everything to climate change. Well, I can tell you this one thing. One thing that I look for, and I look for it all the time, is what's happening in the Arctic because mm-hmm. the Arctic, to some, to a large degree, dictates what's happening uh, around the rest of the globe. That and the equator, because there's lots of heat re- being released at the equator, El Nino and La Nina, which I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that's that's related to climate change. But it, obviously, the heat release from the, from the tropics is a big driver of climate around the world, and so is what's happening in the Arctic. The Arctic it was extraordinarily warm last winter, and it caused all kinds of weird things, especially all that cold air got stuck in the eastern half of the United States. And now we're seeing this really warm Arctic right now, probably due to the fact that sea ice has been at near record level, low levels, again, coming out of the summertime. And if you don't have the sea ice, you can't really build the cold air as much in the Arctic, and strange things happen. It's amazing when you look at ice cover maps, and uh, if you've ever, you know, I'm sure you have, but when you loop them, that to me is the biggest indicator of global climate change. If an area of the world that's normally always cold, and you see the loop and less ice and less ice and less ice and less ice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I was going to switch topics a little bit. So, (laughs) oh, I just want to say, though, you know, I I, I think what's important, though, is this. You know, there's no doubt in climate scientists' minds, at least, that climate change is happening, that it's caused by man. Um, people always say, well, how is it possible that man could could affect the weather? It's such a big thing. Uh, I'll take you back to the Dust Bowl. Um, you know, land use issues created a big problem in the Plain States, and it was it was it was a man-made disaster. And that wasn't a national, that wasn't a, a global disaster, but it was a disaster for that area. So, you know, we are having an impact. Um, but I will say this, there are a lot of people who get very upset when we mention climate change, mostly because they're afraid that, you know, the government would tax them more or um, that it would cause them to have to change, you know, habits in their life that they don't that they don't want to change or whatever it is. Uh, I will tell you personally, I'm not asking you to do anything. And I don't necessarily think we need to force people to do anything. This is just something that if you feel strongly about it uh, and you want to voluntarily, you know, be a part of the solution to climate change, um, I'd say I'm all for it. I, I've done it, but I enjoy doing it. Um, and, and But a lot of people will come back and say, well, but China is huge and India is huge and anything that we do is can't really help. Well, the bottom line is that it's really going to take a, a, an international effort to kind of to help with this. And, um, you know, um, and it's basically an all it's going to be an all hands on deck situation, but it doesn't doesn't mean there's not opportunity in it. I really think that there's a lots of opportunity for our economy to flourish in, in a in a changed climate, and you know, sustainability is a huge part of that. There's so many jobs being created 
um, all across the nation, especially in the middle of the country with wind and solar. So there's opportunity here. It's, it, it could actually turn out to be a positive if we just start moving forward um, rather than get kind of caught in the past, which is, you know, so, so anyway. Jeff, Jeff yeah. what, what, what I want to know what's the argument, because truthfully, scientifically, I don't think you can get around the fact that we're having global warming. Right. And maybe the question might be, or the argument might be a little bit as to whether it's man-made or it's right. just natural. Some of that. What, yeah. what, I want to know, what is the argument on the other side that's fighting the science that says, hey, the, the things are warming up. And as Dina talked about, the ice caps are moving yeah. in. And, and what, glaciers what are disappearing. What, what's yeah. the fight? Yeah, what, what is the argument on the other side? Well, I mean, the main thing, honestly, uh, at least politically speaking, is there's a ton of money being being funneled in by the fossil fuel industry because they, right now, um, they run the world and um, and they don't want to see they don't want to see changes in their business where they have to start. You know, part of their market is fractured, right? And mm -hmm. and other people are starting to 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 get in on the on the energy game. They don't want to see that. So there's there's a lot of money uh, funding you know politicians on both the left and the right. Um, that are kind of holding up progress. Um, yeah. uh, that's, I would say, the biggest problem. And, and, and there are all a lot of people out there who don't, who feel like climate change is going to cause, you know, government to get larger and taxes to get higher. And, I, you know, I know that that's not where I'm coming from. I don't want my taxes going up. I don't want the government to be mm -hmm. larger, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, so, but there's a big pushback. It's not necessarily that deep down inside, they don't believe in climate change. It's that they really are afraid of what it means, of what, of what of kind what of changes might be required. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Je Jeff, yeah. and I would agree. And I would agree. I think, I think on both sides, it, it is a very poor communication. And that is really the cause of the problem because you have this issue that's politicized and now people associate climate change with left and climate denial right. with yeah. right. Yeah, just be honest, I'd say a couple of years ago when I was in college, I was what they would call, you know, quote unquote, a climate denier. Now I definitely believe it's happening, but I'm, I get super frustrated by people that come out and r before an event is even happening, they're posting yeah. pictures on Twitter saying, oh my God, this storm's gonna be awful because of climate change and here's yeah. why. And I'm like, guys, that, that causes so much more damage because then people on the right are like, you know what, see, yeah. see yeah. these people just pick these certain events. And, and it's, it's brutal because it's going to cause us to get gridlocked like we are and nothing's going to happen. And, and that's yeah. really, in my opinion, the problem. It, it's a good point. And I was at a, um, a talk a couple nights ago where I, at the very end of it, um, I kind of raised my hand and I said, you know, if, if, if people on the left, um, you know, are going to require, um, everybody else to fall in line and, and admit climate change is real and it's caused by human beings, the two sides are not going to get anywhere on making progress on this. But what we can agree on, and I will tell you, it's about 80% of, of residents of the United States want sustainable energy. They're willing to actually, believe it or not, as crazy as it sounds, they're willing to let government help fund research into sustainable energy. And it's the numbers are literally in the high 70s to near 80%, which means that if you don't focus on the problem, but you focus on the solutions and you say, you know what, I, you can believe what you want. I'll believe what I want. Let's just work on this together and figure out ways where we can meet in the middle. That's the answer to this. Yeah. People yeah. have to get past their egos and say, you know mm -hmm. what, it's okay that you don't believe. You know what, we don't all have to agree. But we both, but, but we all want want this. 
we want happiness. We want health for our family, for mm -hmm. our future. Um, so since we all agree on that, let's just work on solutions. Exactly. All yep. right. So one one other one other question here for you, Jeff. We talked a little bit about um, how recently there have been studies coming out to show the shift of uh, increase in tornadoes here in the United States yeah. so it has shifted from the plains. This is interesting. And now is getting further into the Midwest, yeah. Southeast, like which I, I think we've kind of known a little bit about Dixie that. Alley. But yeah. what? Bring them to Ohio. Yeah, I mean mm -hmm. that the whole it shift. Now that's that's the increase in tornadoes. That doesn't yeah. necessarily mean there's more tornadoes in, say, Indiana than there is in Oklahoma or Kansas. But the there's exactly. more increase. Yeah. in those states and there's actually been a decrease in the plain states but yes um just quick question what I, I guess what are your what are your thoughts on that and uh is your answer going to be it's climate change or what what's what are your thoughts well you know i will tell you that uh, this is this this um uh this this uh, study was done by harold brooks um yep. being one uh -huh. of the yeah and uh also um uh, I, uh, Dr. Victor, and I don't remember, uh, Genesi, or uh, I know I'm getting his, his name wrong, but um, everyone knows Howard Brooks, obviously. You know, they, if you read the paper, they, they, they say we're not sure if this is anthropogenic climate change or not. But I got a, I spoke, to, I spoke on the phone with him today. We spent a half hour talking, and he says it, it fits all the signals and signs of climate change. I, I do not think this is natural availability. Natural variability. I don't see any signs that it is. It's a really simple thing, though. Climate change um, it seems to be making the deep southwest, the desert southwest, drier. One very clear signal we get from our climate models is that the southwest and the western states are likely to get much drier in the future, and that drier doesn't stay there. It moves east, and so the 100th meridian or the 100th longitudinal line has moved east about 140 miles, believe it or not. This is a study from Columbia. Farmers will tell you this, who live up and down the Plain States, that the drier air has moved east over 100 miles. It's causing problems with agriculture, and it's also pushing the tornado threat further towards the east uh, into the deep southeast. And it's a problem because you, know, you can't see tornadoes as well in the southeast. There's a lot more trees. They happen at night. Uh, structures are not built for tornadoes like they are in Moore, Oklahoma, let's say. So um, it, it's a bigger threat, uh, and and so read. I I I I beg you to read the study if you're if you're doubting it. Uh, these are some of the best tornado scientists in the United States, and they you'll read it, you'll see it. They 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 think it may be climate change that's causing it. What was the what was the name of the research again? It came out today, um, and um, and if you go if you go to my Facebook page, it's facebook.com/slash/jeffweather. You'll see a story that I, I did for cbsnews.com today. You'll see it posted on there, and I'll post it on Twitter as well. And you know what? I'll I'll tag uh, Storm. Uh, I'll I'll tag the Stormfront uh, Freaks Storm <laughs> uh, podcast. I was about to say Storm Freaks. Anyway, yeah, but it'll be easy to find because because it had the word tornado in it. Every media outlet picked up this study today, and it's it's super interesting. Super interesting. So, hey, that's a good segue. How can listeners uh, find you and follow you, Jeff? Yeah, so at WeatherProf on Twitter and at ZoomRadar on Twitter and Facebook.com slash ZoomRadar on Facebook and mm -hmm. Facebook.com slash JeffWeather on Facebook. So I have. Is, is that like Prof like Profit or Prof like Professor? Uh, prof like Professor. <laughs> Very that's good. good. Hey, that's, uh, that is I, time for lightning round, guys. It is time for hey. lightning round. So this is our game show. 
of uh, brilliant and flashy questions for our guest. We always invite everybody to play along. Uh, we get to have a little fun tonight. We're going to play our little version of Hollywood Squares. Uh, and so here's, here's going to be the interesting part. There's a theme. And, Jeff, I told you a lot of times lightning round really is a shift from weather. We don't talk about weather. About 100 uh, miles. But that's, that's a little bit different tonight. Uh, all of our questions for Hollywood Squares tonight are going to be based upon the, the movie The Day After Tomorrow. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> like if you guys remember that movie. Yeah. Little, I have special effects. Have you never seen that movie? I've seen it, but I didn't like it. Oh, the wolves. I, well, here's the thing. It, the, truth be told, if you're a storm person, it's an interesting and entertaining movie. If you're a climate person, yeah, you probably really don't care about it at all. <laughs> uh, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, I'm going to go down the row here. We're going to pick uh, all of our co-hosts. I'm going to give them a question, and uh, it's up to them to answer the question. And then, Jeff, your job is to basically agree or disagree with their answers. Does that sound okay. fair? Okay. All right. So, Brady, I'm going to start with you. So in the movie, so in the movie, The Day After Tomorrow, okay, uh, the, the, the earth kind of plunged into this ice age. And so here's my question. So the, the earth, true or false, the earth could plunge back into an ice age in part because ocean circulation patterns. So they call these uh, thermohalines. They could be shut down from any excess fresh water that's melted into the oceans. And, and that's what happened in the movie uh, is it created this uh, this potential for this ice age, right? So the question is, is, is that true or false that the Earth could go into an ice age because of fresh water being melted into the oceans? First of all, I just want to let everyone know Phil labeled his questions brilliant. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's true. <laughs> so you, you would say that's true. So Jeff, do you agree or disagree? Yes, it's true, but it wouldn't happen as fast as it happened right. in that movie. Well, that's not the question, right? The question <laughs> was... One for one on that. All right, Dina, uh, next okay. question is to you. So so this th circulation pattern that I just discussed, um, uh, it, it could shut down. If you take the circulation pattern shut down and you take massive snowfall, which is what also happened. It created this massive snowfall in the movie. If you take those two things, that could accelerate into massive global cooling in a matter of days with that kind of phenomenon initiated. Is that true or false? False. You would say false. Jeff, what do you think? Oh, she's exactly right. All right. Yeah, you kind of answered that in the last Sorry. one. So, yeah. Sorry. So that, that's not it happened in a matter of days. seconds, right, Phil? Yeah. Answer? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, seconds, not days. All right, Maz, your turn. So following this shutdown, right, of, of the thermohaline uh, circulation patterns. Oh, I thought you meant the government. Don't, no. don't do that to me, man. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> larger, larger low-pressure storms encompassing entire continents could develop. So if, if, that, if those circulation patterns start to shut down, you could actually see large low-pressure storms that, that could encompass an entire continent. Is that true or false? Oh, absolutely true. <laughs> True. They could grow. Jeff, what what do you think? Do you agree or disagree? I, I, you know what? That's above my pay grade. I don't know the answer to that question. I guess we'll see when it happens, right? Uh, do you agree or disagree? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I disagree. 
You disagree, and and th Good that job. is correct. Yeah. From, <laughs> uh, from everything again, because I'm I'm an expert at this. But from what I, a lot of this stuff came from uh, uh, the I movie. Didn't even write down the answers, <laughs> but is that storms couldn't grow to be that large, a single. Right. Sell right. a single. It's not Jupiter. We're not a single big. pressure would be like 500 <laughs> millibars, and we'd all. All right, dead. so we're going, Brady. We're going back to you. Low pressure storms could develop the ability to pull air from higher parts of our atmosphere. It's true. Now, in the movie, it pulled it from. I think they said like troposphere or something. And but 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 could these larger low pressure storms bring down cooler air? Um, enough to freeze people on contact. Definitely true. I even think they could bring air down from the stratosphere. So I think it's definitely true. Okay. So it's true. Now, Jeff, agree or disagree? Well, I think that is true, but freeze people on contact? I don't, it may be a little bit of an exaggeration. I guess if All they're right. naked. No, wait. If they're naked. Ah! Okay. Uh, did he answer I'm, true and false? I'm going to say false. He kind of did. He kind of cheated <laughs> on that. Here, here's my question. No, no realistically, wait. Isn't in a storm, isn't the lower pressure, you know, like down in the eye of the storm, isn't that, isn't that going to put air up? It won't yes, air be it is, going but, up. But well, what goes up has to come down somewhere. So the point is it wouldn't be coming down in the middle of low Maybe pressure, but it would be coming the storm. Right. Yeah, because okay. the movie they made it look like it was sinking down through the eye. Right and that through was, the eye. Yeah, I try. I tried. I try to block that movie out of my <laughs> head. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're rolling here. Last question, uh, Dean. I'm going to go to you. Okay. Uh, global warming will raise the sea levels because obviously it, it, the day after tomorrow. I mean, you saw what happened in New York, all that stuff. But can global warming raise sea levels? True yes. or false? True. You say true. So Jeff, agree or disagree? Uh, yes, absolutely. That, that was an easy correct. one. Yeah, yes, no, that was not brilliant. Was now, not... here's the bonus question, man. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, can it raise sea levels 25 feet in a matter of seconds? <laughs> like it did in New York. Not in Remember seconds. That big wave in a in? tsunami. Warming yeah, in a tsunami, but no. <laughs> oh, I disagree. Not in a matter of seconds. So you say, no, that's false. That can't happen. Jeff? Uh, yeah, no, that can't happen. Very good. Excellent job. All right. Woo! Rock and roll. Well done, sir. Yeah, I think you got everyone right. We've had very few people that have got gotten everyone yeah. right. All right. Well, job. hey, look at that. All right. There Although it wasn't go. necessarily Bill, tell the hardest. Him prize. Tell him his prize now. Hey, what do I get? Yeah, Empty you bottle get, of Stella. You get pride. <laughs> so, so what you win here in Stormfront Freaks is you win pride. If you win oh, okay. the bragging rights, I've been looking for pride. So thank lots, you for giving lots me. Of Look forward in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So great job, Jeff. All right. Here's what we're going right, to do. We're going to take our final break. Stay right here as we're going to have some WX resources to share. And it does look like weather Trollbot 5000 has just entered the studio. So uh, we'll be right back with her as well.
Take a drive under the it's your last chance to register for the 2018 Indiana Storm Chaser Convention happening on Saturday, November 17th at the Hendricks County Convention Center. Hear from storm chasers, weather business owners, National Weather Service officers, and more. While you're there, stop by and visit Phil at our Stormfront Freaks booth. It's a great opportunity to talk weather and storms. And wait, there's more. We're giving you an exclusive 20% discount. That's right, you can register for only $20 by visiting indchasercon.com sff. What else are you going to be doing on November 17th? Come on and join us. Register at indchasercon.com sff. Let's catch up our lives in the hours till day. Take a drive under the moon. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, we have with us back tonight, uh, we have our Weather Trollbot 5000. So we bought this robot uh, on sale. And uh, we first, we first inter- well, yeah, maybe. We first <laughs> introduced her a couple episodes ago, uh, but we brought her back. We had, we've had a lot of you comment on, on wanting to hear her again. So we've got Weather Troll by 5000, and what we're going to do is uh, we've got some examples of trolls in social media that have, that have gone after uh, some meteorologists in the television weather industry, and, and they've responded. And so what the Weather Trollbot 5000 is programmed to do is to actually tell us what that meteorologist was actually thinking mm-hmm. when they responded to the troll. So we kind of get to find out a little bit of what they're thinking. I'll warn you in advance that the Weather Trollbot 5000, uh, 5000 has been known to have a potty mouth, hmm. right? She, said, yeah. She, she's, we, took, <laughs> we took the governor off, and she just she says, here's what they were really thinking. So now we bought her on sale. So truth be told, I can't guarantee you this is exactly what they were thinking. Uh, but it's probably pretty close, I mm-hmm. mean, I, based on last time. So all right, we're going to go down the list. I think, uh, I think our co-hosts here have some examples. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, Brady. Uh, what what do you, what your what's your example tonight of a troll? We'll see what she has to say. So the first troll we have is uh, uh, basically f- uh, on Twitter. Um, it was under Kelsey McEwen, who is a Canadian meteorologist. That was the uh, feed that it was under. She is a Canadian meteorologist on Your Morning Show. She's 34 weeks pregnant, and this Twitter troll who that post is now deleted. Uh, it went like this. Basically, she tagged uh, at your morning. I can't believe the skin tight maternity attire. Dot dot dot. Disgusting. Oh. And Kelsey responded. Oh man. When right a thirty-four week pregnant woman is wearing is what someone finds disgusting in this world. It's time to check your priorities. And I would happen to agree with her on that. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. You know that was kind of, that was that was a nice a nice response though, right? It wasn't uh, overly mean, which is good, right? Uh, that she's addressing. I wouldn't that, have, I would have not had that restraint. So say. here's what we have to find out: is the weather troll by five thousand will help us really discover probably what Kelsey was thinking as she was responding. So let let me go ahead and uh, input that uh, here into our uh, troll troll bot, mm-hmm. and she's going to go ahead and uh, compute that. And let's see uh, what what she happens to kick out. Here's what Kelsey was thinking. What would your mommy say about that comment? She looked like that at one point carrying your sorry ass. (laughs) Feel free to send a large plastic bag to cover myself. You can send that care of Kelsey McEwen at 1010. Self-drive. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. Kelsey! 
that's... You know, that's probably what we're all thinking, uh, except the, the troll. But wow, okay. That was interesting. Well, okay, so so uh, we so we have an idea of what uh, weather troll by five thousand uh, is kicking out tonight. Maz, I'm I'm going to turn it over to you. You've got another one, correct? Yeah, and this one's with uh, Jen Carfagna. We love Jen oh, from the Weather Jen. Channel. We love Jen. She's awesome. Former guest. She was on uh, episode forty six, I think it was, uh, and she's from the Weather Channel's AMHQ show. She was recently broadcasting in the field for Hurricane Florence, as were so many people. And by the way, this happens to everybody, but. Twitter troll, Twitter troll, easy to say after beer, uh, at All Cotton said, somebody please tell at TWC meteorologist at Jen Carfagno the correct way to pronounce Horry County. It's embarrassing. It's Ori, not Horry. Lordy. (laughs) Now, Jen said, sorry, I was saying Ori at first, then someone corrected me to Horay. And I recorrect it again this morning. So, so I mean, that happens a lot. Yeah, every city oh, I've been yeah. to, every city. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're always gonna you're always gonna offend that person. But uh, let's go ahead. I'm gonna type it in. I'm nervous see already. What, see what weather Trollbot five thousand thinks of that. All right. So let's find out what uh, what she was thinking. Here is what Jen was thinking. Tell you what. Let's send you from your home state of South Carolina to Georgia and pronounce some of those counties you have never heard of. Colquitt County? Not sure. Regulus County? Maybe. Miscogan County? Doubt it. Tolliver County? Good luck. <laughs> and who says Lordy anymore? Lordy. I can't believe I am taking the time to respond to this. Lordy. <laughs> I guess she was thinking Lordy a lot. I'd say she should have said, "Shut your hoary face!" Oh wow, <laughs> that's oh, the meds talking. Sounds like we need Dina. Dina we'll, needs to be on we'll, we'll kick, we'll kick Dina, Dina instead of the instead Dina of calling bot. this segment. Yeah, weather troll by five thousand. We'll call it Dina bot. Dina bot. Weather troll Dina bot. All right. Well, we I think we got one more, uh, Brady. Yeah, next is uh, Janice Dean, who we absolutely love. She oh, was yeah. incredible. She was on episode 54. Uh, she's the senior meteorologist at Fox News and Fox and Friends as well, the morning show. Um, and she's had her fair of Twitter trolls. She gets picked on, I think, a little she more than does, others, doesn't she? Is, yeah, which is brutal. Uh, and the latest Twitter troll is at Dixie Stank, which... <laughs> I, I well, don't that's even you right there. I don't even. I don't even want to address that name. Uh, but it, it starts with Janice is the only woman on Fox News who covers her arms. Does she have massive tats or something? Shut and up. Janice responded, "How'd you guess?" And I <laughs> love that response. I love it so much. She's got a bunch oh of my God. skulls on her she, arm. Doesn't she, she was a troll bot herself. I mean, th- I don't even know if we need a bot for this one, but I'd love to hear it, Phil. All so right, let's well, let's uh, go ahead and type it in. This this one's going to be a quick one because it's uh, yeah. it was a quick response. But let's see let's see what Janice was actually thinking uh, when she typed that response. Here's what Janice was thinking. What the f***? <laughs> short and sweet. Oh, my God. Short and sweet. That was a really short one, yeah. It was. That was very was accurate, though. All very right. Accurate. Weather, weather Trollbot 5000, uh, thanks for joining us again here tonight. Uh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to get to our WX Resources. Maz, what, what is that? All right. WX Resources. Uh, we're always trying to find new places where you can get – information, a new site, something 
that has to do with weather. And actually, before we go to our first person, I'd actually like to hear more of our listeners coming up with some of these and sending us some of their places that they've seen. Wouldn't you oh, all love to hear that? That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that would be cool. But I think, uh, Dina, you've got one, don't you? Yeah, and this okay. one is, I'm not going to share my screen because I'm one-handed and it's my left. So I'm just going <laughs> to tell you, this is a webpage that Tim Ballesty, uh, he's Irish Eagle on Twitter, uh, made up. And it's pretty much like a huge dashboard of products. And it's wxproducts.blogspot.com. And it's got some more characters at the end, but we'll post it on our episode 64 show notes. But mainly when you go through here, he's got a bunch of, like he used to work at the Weather Channel with me. So he's got a lot of Weather Channel um, graphics, you know, but they're maybe snowfall forecasts. Um, they've got National Weather Service alerts, the NOAA 6 to 10 day. It's got hurricane pages. And this is like a great page just as like a home page. If you're big in the weather, like a dashboard, it's got the current mm. surface fronts. Very cool. You yeah. know, it's getting almost getting tougher and tougher to find new ones that we haven't used before. Uh, but I love that you found another one, so that's great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jeff. Are, every day. What, how, how are you having <laughs> a difficulty finding ones that you haven't <laughs> used before? That, that, I'm telling you, man, I am moron, I think. saving up for that final show. <laughs> yeah, like 20 of them were like, oh, what? <laughs> It'll be a whole hour. Of them. <laughs> hey, Jeff, uh, do you have any? Yeah, so I love this site. I'm sure a lot of you have probably been there, but it's called uh, climatereanalyzer.org. Um, it's, it's great. I mean, it, it's really, really good graphics. It's from the University of Maine. I believe. Really? Yeah, it's and you can be better than Weather Trollbot Five Thousand. That's all I have to. Say. <laughs> <laughs> I like better. Weather. I got to tell you, I like Weather Trollbot Five Thousand. <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, so anyway, just check it out. It you can re it, basically it's a reanalyzer, so you can you can look at maps from the past. You can you can you can look at the whole globe, uh, you know, and uh, using the GFS into the future. And uh, trust me, it's it's a cool site. I you know check it out. You'll you'll probably get a lot of use out of it. Okay, that's good. I don't think I've seen that one, so I'm ex I'm excited that there's a new one. Okay, good. It's a good one. Reorganizer.org. Climate, climate, reorganizer. Uh, climate reanalyzer. Reanalyzer. I'm sorry. Reorganizer. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> reorganize that. Yes, absolutely. Hey, thanks. As soon as I find it on here, I'm looking forward to seeing that. All right, so uh, Phil, that kind of does it for our uh, WX resources. And of course, everybody, if you want to find those specific links, you can check us out on stormfrontfreaks.com. It's uh, episode 64 in the show notes section. We'll make sure we have those links there for you so that you can easily find them because I, I said reorganizer. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, hey, we uh, we do have some uh, listener questions and responses. We had uh, on Twitter, Goodwin Cloud Chaser 89. Uh, we were talking uh, about uh, Helicity Designs and our exclusive line of Stormfront Freaks products on helicitydesigns.com. Uh, but we were talking about different designs, different products. And she came back and said, hey, just do it. Design is the way to go. Promise your stuff will sell. Uh, she was looking for a hoodie that had patches, tornado patches on the elbow. Oh, that's a good idea. That's very cool. But she said, uh, hey, got to love your podcast. It's very entertaining. And then uh, Twitter, Matt Scheiss at WayFastWXNerd. He said, hey, Stormfront Freak, just finished episode 57's Weather Fools segment. With the Fort Jackson lightning story, Brady, which I think was yours. <laughs> yep. ah. uh, he said the U.S. military 
is the next frontier as far as people needing weather safety training. He says, I'm a 13-year Army vet, and few take weather hazards seriously. Quote, if it ain't raining, we ain't training. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah. Matt, appreciate you listening and appreciate your service as well. Yeah. And yes, then, thank you. Yeah, and then on uh, Facebook, Illinois Extreme Storm Chasers uh, actually just chimed in today, said, uh, are you looking for a weather podcast to listen to? Check out Stormfront Freaks podcast. You will thank me later. Wait, there's another one with the same name as ours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, copyright. Really? Wait, Phil, is there any copyright? Better be. Got it. Thank you, Jeff. Stone Age. All right. Well, Jeff has been hanging with us long enough. I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Definitely thanks for listening or watching. Before I reveal our next guest, uh, if you do enjoy the show, please do us a favor. Leave us a great review on your podcast app. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. All you got to do is hit the podcast app subscribe button. All it does is guarantees like a magazine or newspaper that the latest uh, uh, episode gets delivered right to your podcast inbox the minute it's released and you don't have to wait. So I do want to say special thanks to our guest, Jeff Berardelli tonight. Jeff, thank, thank you. you. Thanks, thanks Jeff. Uh, thank great, you. I had a great, great time. conversation. Okay. Yeah, thanks, thanks for taking the time. And our next episode in two weeks, we'll be recording on November 1st with Chief Meteorologist at Fox News, Rick Reichmuth will be with us, uh, so if you'd like to watch the recording live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, just go ahead and check out your YouTube channel by searching Stormfront Freaks. Cool. All right, so Maz, Brady, Dina, Jeff, for all of them, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. We'll catch everybody next time. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Watch our shows on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.